Studios. This is the hour stream. Welcome. <laughs> Yay! Uh, I know I wasn't here last week, so was, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to be back. Nice to I, be back. It's great to have you back. Laura was an absolute delight, but you're my brother from another mother. Brother. Got him. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Oh. How are you, though? What did I, I don't see you on a weekly basis, so. Right, you just to catch up. Just. 100 feet not even that far like 10 feet away from me but it feels that far with it that does door so us. far i know because uh, my brother right uh it's been good my i'm i'm great we're just uh plugging away at, at different tasks james working on his financial report things about uh the houston manufacturing sector uh he's going to report that out to the ops council they're meeting uh later this this month yeah uh, september 7th 7th next month oh gosh it's only it's august. august already i know only it's already august i know it's so sad it's so but fast. uh and then myself working on that report for embodied carbon doing a lot of digging around kind of bid and bid tabs learning a lot more which is cool i know i've actually been looking at drawings which is pretty crazy i know who thought in construction you'd be looking at drawings um but it's been really great been been meeting with a lot of people nick vargo has been helping me a lot i met with uh, justin gray and and haley teneo teneo Haley, yeah, Haley. Shadow. Um, yeah, they've been helping me. Nick, Nick Hatcher as well. So I'm getting to talk oh, with Precon. He's getting bit. around. I, I even talked to Nelson this morning. Nelson, I know. Lucky. I caught him walking by. Um, but yeah, all these people have been incredibly helpful. It's been. It's been. What's the been one fun. coolest thing you've learned in your? One coolest thing. One thing that can uh, rattle your chair. <sighs> or your shoes. You were standing in these conversations. I don't know. So I guess some of the some of the prices for things that are, that are just like. It's crazy how much just like masonry can cost or like just a, 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 like concrete masonry unit, right? Just CMU, how much that thing can cost. Uh, I don't remember how much, but it's it's like, I think it was like half a million dollars. It's like, this is crazy for just these little blocks that... Little blocks, he says, everyone. Little blocks. I mean, it's... it's no Lego it's blocks, Hagen. These are four buildings. Eight blocks. I know, but it's, it's crazy how high those prices can get for, for something that's originally just so small. It makes sense, but... That's that's I guess rattled me, just looking at the prices, the prices. of these things. Like, wow, they can see why prices get expensive. Right, yeah, I can see, I can see why. But but you know who else is high on life? Ro with the latest awards we've gotten. Oh wow, okay, have hit you, us. Have you heard of any of these? Have you seen? Laurel mentioned a few. Uh, she mentioned we were up for nomination for some. I don't oh. know if, if anything has changed since then. Well, let me let me give you an update. Okay, please do. We have two nominations. Nominations and two one awards. Okay. So the first one nominated is for Procore Groundbreak Groundbreak Procore Groundbreak Award for Excellence in Innovation. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Wow. So that's a big deal. You know, the conference coming up in September. Yeah. Uh, Procore, you know, we're big partners and fans of them. Of course. The winners will be announced at Groundbreak September nineteenth and 20th oh wow so look out for those news that's gonna be exciting pretty big yeah uh and this this is yep this is just in mm. uh carolyn carabinos was named uh finalist for the abj's 2023 woman in business awards wow cool so, sounds like we need to have her on the show yeah absolutely yeah. luck to her so those are the two nominations who has to actually after wins uh, i'm not excited when the one you prior Thinking of from Laurel's the SMPS Marketing Communications Award. Uh-huh. This for Internal Communications Mixed Media Award for our three-year strategy campaign. Wow. 
Nice. So that's yeah. pretty big. Cool. All right. Uh, and then the other one. Yeah, yeah. Air horns, air horns. Uh, the other one is the Tilt Up Achievement Award for oh. 1401 Philomania. Mm, I've heard of both ways. Philomena <laughs> DC1B from the Tilt Up Concrete Association. Wow. It's also pretty big. You know, pretty we've neat. done a handful of Tilt Up projects, so it's kind of yeah. good to be recognized. So. I didn't know we were up for anything like that. That's pretty pretty nifty. You talk to all these people, you don't hear about this? Uh, they don't tell me these things. Uh-huh. They just tell me numbers. Well, congratulations to our own. Yeah, involved. Shout out to marketing for all this together. Mm-hmm. And good luck to Carolyn Cavinos and... Us, us <laughs> broke our, uh, so yeah, big, big, lots of things happening. Yes. Also, at the same time, also sad things happening. Oh no! Our interns are have left the oh, building. Oh my god! I feel so empty in here. It is empty, empty nest. <laughs> I I cannot relate to parents when their kids leave for college. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and now you'll never know if they come back. Like oh, I know that's so see, sad. It is sad. Um, but they were great. They were great. It was a great summer. Mm-hmm. Great feedback. And yeah. Looking forward to next year. Yeah. Always. But you know what it's time for? Is it related to years and things that happened in the past? Maybe. Oh, right. The, the wheel will tell us. The wheel will tell us. Uh, and we do have a very special guest today, Spinning the Wheel. Oh, yes. This young lady is coming all the way from the Dallas, Texas. Just to spin the wheel? Yes, right. <laughs> wow. She drove all the way. She's committed to the cause. We have our very own Eloisa Fernandez with the VDC department. Uh, she's making a special appearance and she's going to turn the wheel. So Ooh, let's just tune in spinning. and see how she spins it. In three, two, go. Ooh, solid Ooh, spin. See, VDC people strength. have some grit. <laughs> grit. <laughs> and this segment uh, we're talking about, it's Aro Wins. Aro Wins. Oh. Ooh. That's a nice echo on your voice. Mine? <laughs> I hear it very often. Oh, Thank you, Louisa. Yeah, Thank thanks, you, Louisa. Oh, it's a good Great thing I spin. took all these notes. Um, yes, RO wins. So we're going to talk real quickly. Is about this like some RO project wins or is this what type of wins? Can you elaborate? So for our new viewers who might not be aware. Right. Yes, yes, yes. We're talking, we're talking anniversaries first. Mm, nice and then nice. we have one project that wrapped up. Well, there's a few. But then there's one project we're going to highlight. Um, do you have math questions on your cheat sheet? Yeah, I had to do some, some, some. Anyway, so we have some, some quick anniversaries. Two years Ooh. to Montreal Rice uh, and user support up in Dallas. I always thought it was interesting because his name is, but the, his so email nice. is M Rice. Of his name? No, his email is M Rice, but it's also Mr. Ice, which is kind of mm, cool. Mr. Rice. Oh, just Mr. Ice. Mr. Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds chilly. And then uh, two years also to Chris Patton. Ooh, VDC big boss director. man. Yeah. Uh, you got any fun stories about him? Yeah. No, I think he... That are appropriate? Oh, I don't know about uh, that. Okay. We'll, we'll move keep, on. We'll pick a uh, Now, before you go to the three-year... Yes, yes, yes. There's yes. another two-year university that you kind of forgot. I didn't forget. I wrote it down uh, right here. Oh, I don't see DDA. That's also a two-year DDA, anniversary. Really? <gasps> yes. uh, sorry, DDA. I, I sorry. got you, though, because someone apparently doesn't do the research, yeah. even though it's on their title. Right. So, yeah. But our own and user support here in, in, in Austin. I know. You see him almost every day and you forgot about him. I saw him this morning. He deserves an apology. I'm sorry, DDA. <laughs> in person. I'll go say hi. I'll go say sorry. I'll go say hi. And in three years, Brent Wright, Ooh. the Dallas visualization specialist. I learned recently that so Cesar has a fun fact. Yes. Cesar has his little availability light, whether he's available or not. Right. Um, Brent has an availability sombrero. <gasps> so apparently when he's working, he wear, when he doesn't want to be disturbed, he's wearing a sombrero. 
Oh, I like that. I do like that too. Um, I might have to see it later. Yeah. And then five years, Ethan Brule, uh, assistant super here in Austin. I couldn't find any, any interesting things about him. Um, Congrats, five years. Yeah, five years. Five years. Um, and then uh, Cesar made me so self-conscious about saying this guy's name. Octavio Hernandez. Who? Octavio Hernandez? Octavio what? Hernandez. One more time. Anyway, he's a super up in Dallas, and apparently he, uh, he's been liking to Popeye. So uh, Popeye in Espanol is Popeye. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Eloisa. <laughs> uh, so that's what people tend to call him, apparently. Popeye? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Does he eat spinach, too? I asked the same question. Oh she gosh. didn't know. Oh. No. Maybe he does. Maybe we'll have him on one day. And we'll give him spinach yeah. for lunch. So those are some of the anniversaries. Congrats that, again. That yes. Shout out, shout Congratulations out. to everyone. And then we have one project, the SMU Southeast Development Project, which uh, Mr. Holmes is, is pulling up there for us. Uh, it's an 8,000 square foot project, a uh, dedicated building for lacrosse, both men's and women's lacrosse. It's primarily. Oh, are you a lacrosse fan? No. Oh. Keep going. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it'll also have room for concessions as well as some stands there. Very similar to our own Clark Field on the UT campus. Oh. However, Ooh. they have six tennis courts also at the facility. So, uh, although I guess there are field tennis courts near Clark Field at UT as well. Yeah. But anyway, six, uh, six tennis courts there. Um, so you, it also accommodates, a, I don't know, you can kind of maybe see some of the lines there. So for soccer, rugby, um, baseball as well. I didn't know they could play baseball out there, but apparently they can. Uh, and this was completed sports. back in 2015. Oh, so wow. One of, our, one of our projects with with the SMU folks up in Dallas. And then recently, I mean, Eloisa just getting highlights. She's actually, she was recently coordinating the SMU latest project there. Wow. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. Mm. Don't like me to talk to Eloisa again. Well, she's usually not here. Mm. But I will, I'll, yeah, I'll schedule a meeting. Yeah, you have DDA, Eloisa to talk to after this. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> But that's been RO wins. That's pretty good. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I was hoping the sound. <laughs> um, how are we doing on time? We got time for one more? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we'll make it quick. Uh, could we get Eloisa back? Can we get Eloisa back? Yeah. Just to, like, to spin the wheel. Clap, claps, clap, claps, clap, claps. <laughs> here she comes. Oh, here oh. She comes. oh gosh. Oh, we might goodness. not have the I'm camera nervous. for this one. <laughs> Da, 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 we're da, still da, working da, on da, things da, da, here. Da, 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 but we're improving da, da, every day, da, just a little da, bit better. Da, 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 da. Ooh. Around the world. Is that it? I can get confirmation from someone. Can get confirmation? Around the world. That Woo! is correct. Ooh, thank you, producers. Thank you, producers. Okay, more talking for me, I guess. Nah, you're doing great. Yeah. Don't let me stop I you. just love talking. Um, so this one, I'm going to be talking about the Tennessee Titans new stadium. Ooh. Uh, I'm sure Karchi will enjoy this one, as well as <laughs> everything goes. He was. Anthony yeah. Karchi. You should you go should check, check it. Check it on YouTube. You should, yeah, check it on YouTube. Uh, and I also learned, I also, uh, Lauren Lott, uh, graphic designer up in um, Dallas. I believe she used to do graphic design for the Titans as well. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, she was the one. I don't know if, if for for those those viewers out there that are, are used to our, our segments and our history, mm -hmm. those little uh, little stickers that Grammar had us made for us. She designed those. Oh, really? so, nice, nice, nice. Shout out to Lauren. Um, it's a one, but this stadium is one point seven five million square feet with a capacity for sixty two thousand fans. Um, there's also a dedicated twelve thousand square feet for a community uh, space. Uh, where they might host events and, and, and things of that nature. And they're aiming for lead gold, which is Ooh. pretty good. Always about sustainability. That's awesome. 
And it also sparked this one community. So it's a, a community benefits platform focusing on providing opportunities for small and diverse owned businesses, as well as supporting local neighborhoods and education in the area. So it's not just about the football. It's about everything else around it's about it. the community. Yeah, absolutely. Of titans. Yes. No wonder they need so much space. Yeah. Uh, do you know how big this project is valued at? Uh, I believe, yes, $2.1 billion. $2.1 billion? Wow. So I believe there's about 1.6 or so that's, maybe 1.4 or so that the, the city is funding and then about $800 uh, million that the, the titans themselves are are funding. I know that those numbers don't add up to $2.1 billion. I get it, James. But... Uh, it's somewhere around those numbers. Oh. I, I forget the exact. But that's what I got for you. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. And that's been Build Building Around the, the world. world. I hate the mic. Oh. <laughs> I'm liking the sound effects more often. often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing a great job back there behind the, the cameras. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, but you know who else is doing a great job on the field? Who? It's our guest today. Oh, who is he or he, she? You've seen him. I, I have. I just saw him. You saw him like two <laughs> minutes. Uh, oh, that's who it was? That's who it is. No well, you get to learn, learn about him here shortly. Okay, great. Uh, we have the, our very own Rick Brown. Rick Brown. Rick Brown. <laughs> uh, so I know we... Yeah, all around. Uh-huh. Uh, so I've had the pleasure to work with him slightly for a little bit in one of our medical projects. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we did, did some VDC, a little bit of scanning, I think. <laughs> 360 photos. Uh, but yeah, no, he's a very... Very straight to the point guy, but when you get to talk to him, he's a nice and warm, fuzzy teddy bear <laughs> with a nice little blue bow. Uh, so um, eager for you to get to talk to him. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to talk to him. Well, you get to listen. Talk okay. to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'm excited for everyone to get to know Rick Brown. He's a he's an all star. He's a guy on the field. He gets things done. Mm. And I know recently he he showed interest in robotics. So oh, maybe James and him will have some interesting things to talk about. I know. There. I mm-hmm. think he's very into the innovation and making things easier and better out there. So we'll let him see what he has to say. Okay. Without further ado, after this commercial, right? You'll listen a little ado to the conversation <laughs> between James Holmes and Rick Brown. <laughs> Yay, Rick! Yeah, I think that's his. I think that's his future. I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah, see how we'll it shakes out. out. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> That's true. Mr. Rick Brown. Yes. Thank you for joining us today, sir. You're welcome. How's, how, how are things going? How's life? Life's good. Couldn't be better. Man, let's, I uh, learned recently, and now I had heard rumors, but I learned for certain last night in an email that you're a, a bit of a stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah, actually did for about 10 years. Uh, a bunch of buddies in mine uh, with another company had a wild idea. And so we started doing stand-up comedy for charity, and it went on for o- almost over 10 years. And we and we used to go in Houston and Austin and Dallas and uh, and put shows on and raise money. Man, so, that's awesome. That's yeah. a lot of respect for anyone that's willing to get in front of a mic and try and get an audience to laugh. I can't imagine what that, it's just got to be a, an unparalleled pressure to perform and perform well and make sure that you're hitting the timing right and all that. So a, a lot of respect for doing that. And you're out there doing it for charity too. Yeah. I mean, that's not out there just trying to line your pocket so you can get a new bass boat or whatever. Yeah, new, new lake house. You're out there trying, actually trying to make the world a better place. Well, I had the looks down, so that was funny enough. <laughs> but uh, then I had to develop jokes because I wasn't going to live on the looks alone. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And and I still get the itch uh, to do it once in a while. And uh, 
it's it's just it was really geared towards construction um and uh we made a commitment that it was going to be clean comedy okay um and we kept it that way and uh so we pushed the envelope just a little bit but it was it was for some great causes uh in fact we actually went down on a trip to guatemala for one of the causes we did and we went spent a week down there working on a hospital and things of that sort too so it 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 had quite an impact and it wasn't just here it was it was, it was an impact in guatemala as well so that that's one of those things where it seems like it would uh you said that was a group of guys that you were working with at the time that's going to break down so many barriers and create such a tight knit group of of coworkers of people that you would all be kind of like a supercharged team at yeah. that point did you feel like that was the case did you guys were you able to move at exceptional speed with those projects you were working on and things like that yeah, I mean, it, 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 what it was was an icebreaker for the industry. I mean, we're under a lot of stress as it is, but these, these nights of comedy, I mean, we, we had trade partners and everyone that were coming out to these things, and, um, and it was a great thing. And, and it's funny to have people just come up to you and go, hey, aren't you that guy? <laughs> and, uh, or quote your jokes back to you. And it's, it's kind of funny to have that happen uh, through time. But, but it's, it, it's something, as far as us guys, I mean, it was always a commitment uh, for the charity. And it was really our goal is to, to help others through it. And, uh, you talk about a golden opportunity. Those are the kind of things come around once in a lifetime to do something like that. We did also, we did some crazy videos. Um, I'm, I'm going to say one of them, the fun, one, probably the funniest one we did was called ass acute <laughs> safety syndrome, uh, was one that we did. Uh, so yeah, it, and we did several videos like that, uh, where we, uh, and those those take so much time and commitment. So I, but, I can uh, appreciate that. And some of our stuff is on YouTube, but I won't tell you how to get to it. Oh, <laughs> I've I've got my afternoon filled up now. Yeah. What I'll be doing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to turn on a VPN and go into incognito mode. Going into the other YouTube part of searching for that. The other part of it too that was kind of the downside of it, our wives don't think we're funny, and so we didn't. We learned quickly not to practice our jokes with them and stuff because they just they didn't want anything to do with it. But uh, but no, they were very supportive. I don't want to get the wrong impression. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's uh, you know you got to be able to separate work and uh, personal yeah. life a little bit. So. That's very true. I, I could see a spouse looking at it, and although it might be jokes, they're like, "Could you could you stop with the RFI safety yeah. joke stuff? I've, yeah. I've had enough." We yeah. talk about the house. You haven't painted the kitchen yet. What's what's the hold up? Like, exactly. When are you gonna get that done? Yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Only I mean, projecting my life a little bit into that statement. Yeah, and I mean, we had some great evenings where we we called it joke night, and uh, you can imagine like four guys around a table with some bourbons and writing comedy and. And get a little crazy, so. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a lot of a lot of fun with it, and uh, a lot of great things came out of it. It sounds like a blast. Yeah. For those that aren't familiar uh, with yourself, what's your current role here at RO? Well, I'm a senior superintendent, and I lean strongly towards the medical side of uh, things. I'm kind of a. I really liked science and and medicine and things of that sort, so it was a great fit for me to get into that, and uh, and and I. I actually pestered a project manager for about 30, for a month, kept coming to his office. He finally said, okay, go sink or swim. Here's a project. <laughs> and here I am almost, you know, 25 years later. So um, I, I really enjoy it. And it, it's a whole different ball game um, out there. We do a lot of uh, construction that, 
you know, inter- interacts with the safety of, you know, not only community and, and those on the job, but when you're in a job and it, it and what you do could affect an actual life of a patient. I mean, there's a whole nother level there um, that uh, is respect that you have to have going into that job and, and just working with doctors and nurses and staff all the time. Sounds like the kind of nerdy side of you there yeah. drew you in a bit, but yeah. also there's a, a compassion element, an empathetic element of being able to create the rooms that provide or that allow caretakers to provide for people and keep folks healthy and fight off all those bad diseases and things like that. And it's uh yeah. It, and it's part of my free me- me- uh, medical care program too, because every once in a while they'll say, Hey, we need a Guinea pig for a CT or an MRI. <laughs> so, Hey, I'm, I'm benefiting from it. So let's go down that road, you know, a little bit, but uh, yeah. So but between that, then uh, you were in the military. Is that correct? Yes, I was. I was in the United States Air Force. So yeah, between whatever they shot you up with and then CT scans and all, you yeah. either got about three hours left or three hundred years. Yeah, or uh, one brain cell. So yeah, that's about <laughs> I, all I have. If you've got one brain cell left, that guy is really doing some heavy lifting right yeah. now. He's, he's yeah. making it happen. He's doing the ninety ten thing. <laughs> so. What'd you do in the Air Force there, Mr. Brown? Actually, I was in airfield management, and uh, uh, we oversaw the airfield. We would file the flight plans for the fighter aircraft, and, and the air uh, base I was on was an F-4 fighter, which was a, f- a famous fighter F-4 during the fan. Vietnam War, yeah. uh, and uh, was what they called the flying tank, and that's about what it was like. So we did a lot of things. I did um, crash investigations and things of that sort, and flight line uh, s- security and safety, and just a lot of different things. That's one of those things that I think a lot of people don't appreciate with the military is there's, I think, to people outside of defense industry and all that, they think like, oh, you go and you have a job and that's your job for the next 20 years. And it's really more like you you have your MOS or uh, whatever they call it in the yeah. Air Force, your, your, your quote unquote job, but then it changes every 18, 20, 24 months where it's like, okay, now you're doing this, now you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So you kind of end up having a, a just a whole different variety of experiences, even though your, your job is uh airfield management. Yeah. So that's kind of a, I've always had a appreciation for the folks that come out of the military because they probably have some experiences that yeah. you may not have thought of and have, have, have done some things that a lot of people wouldn't sign up for. So that's thank true. you for your service. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, it's, yeah. It was F4. There's nothing better than some close air support out of a, Never got to deal with the F4s, but, you know, the A-10s or even the F-16s, that's – you yeah. guys are a lifesaver to the guys. We saw everything. Uh, last, the, one of the, I saw one of the last flights of an SR-71 before they decommissioned those. And It was at this point in our story that we had encountered some technical difficulties during this stream. Our apologies for any discontinuity. Now back to the one and only Rick Brown. Uh, you know, you mentioned that's how you were taught – go out, you know, like I said, you go into the room and remember being a, a young framer in construction and you go out there with someone who's been doing it for a, a lifetime and go, yeah, what's wrong with things? And it make it forces you to look at everything very critically. And I, it, it, there's obviously an opportunity for superintendents to do that. I feel like that doesn't happen as much with a lot of the support departments and also even to some degree project management. I think it's, there's so much more on the line when it comes to like, hey, what's wrong with this contract? Mm-hmm. Um, is compared to actually reviewing the the construction, but I, I love the way that you're kind of wargaming, if you will, going through and uh, taking someone 
that's your your junior through things. Yeah. Do you think there's ways that we could be doing that better as support departments or as project managers and assistant project managers? I think the key thing is is really a lot of what you you learn in construction is is isn't in the field and and yeah in project management you have a lot of the financials and stuff which isn't so much the field stuff but having that full uh, understanding of of how things are built is critical. I mean I I take the young project managers and I take the young QM uh, QC guys out. And I do the same thing with them um, and walk the job with them. So because if you know how it's built, you know how to you know how to estimate it, you know how to do pre-con on it, you know how to do all these things, look for quality control. I mean, like I always say, they teach you a lot of things in college, but what I've always heard from the guys is, man, I never learned this in college. And so that's that's the thing. You want to fill that gap um, that they didn't get and, and maybe through their constru- construction education. And there's a lot there to get. And the key thing is to make sure you realize I haven't learned anything. I haven't learned everything and I'm not going to ever know everything. And so I lean a lot on yeah. other people when they come. I, I lean on the young guys for the things I don't know and to learn from them as well. And if you have that kind of attitude, like I always say, you need to manage under people, not over them. And that's going to make you successful. Man, this, the, the perfect definition of servant leadership there. Mm. And I, I, you see those, uh, people or departments and they might have a a singularity that does well, Mm -hmm. but they fail to turn that into an effective team. And I think more often than not, it is, it's that, what'd you you call it? Uh, Managing. uh, Manage under them, not over them. Yeah. They're managing over them rather than under them. They're just, you you don't ever build that groundswell of information and experience and knowledge to allow things to, you know, propagate on their own. You're constantly having to be engaged. Uh, So Good job, sir. Yeah, I think I think part of the, what the industry's done, uh, starting to do, and 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 even RO's really good at, it, is you can't pigeonhole people, and it happens far too often that I've seen over the years where they get a person, they pigeonhole them, and that's where they stay. Well, they're never going to grow. They're never going to be more valuable to you as a company if you don't let them grow and expand out. And I think that's a good thing that RO does is they they really truly care about you learning what you want to learn and taking your direction and your path that you want to learn. And, and, and they're doing some great things even recently um, with, with uh, Propel that's going to really help wow. with that. So it's just great things going on. So how, how did you get your start at RO? You're in the Air Force for a while. It sounds like you're kind of off doing some other things in the construction world before you landed here. What, what, what got you here? Well, I can honestly say I was one of those guys that I started pushing a broom on a job site over 30 years ago. <laughs> That's how I got my start. I didn't go through college, uh, that, that avenue or anything, but, uh, how I got to RO was I was working for a company that was out of Ohio and they had a Houston office and they ended up closing the office. So I was going to be unemployed. And, and so that was the main thing. And, and the recruiter just happened to call me at the time and I was looking and we were also looking to get out of Houston, uh, you know, somewhere maybe towards the hill country. And it, one thing came to another, and next thing I know, I'm, I'm sitting down with Alan and John Archer, and we're doing an interview, and the next thing I know, we're getting hired. So uh, it worked out real well. It's been great since. Ohio to Houston, that, that's a, a bit of a change. The company was in Ohio, but I was working in Houston, yeah, and it was quite a change for that company, and I think they had some lessons learned. <laughs> oh, I, it's a I tough can, city. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. That's tough for a, a, a Texas-based GC to get into or for the you know the, yeah. the big players out there. So, yeah, if you're coming in from out of town, that's that's even more of a, a fight. But, yeah, man, well, I'm, I'm happy you made it over here and uh, yeah. happy that – 
John and uh, Alan saw some saw some light shining in there. Well, they did see the envelope under the table, so that did work. <laughs> um, it was pretty good. Was that to make up for the comedy routine, or was that no, just no, a, no? That was just what they said they needed for me bribe. to be hired. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> but luckily in my contract, I was able to get some of that back. Um, <laughs> but it all worked out. Working the system. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, who've been some people that have been influential to you inside and outside of RO? I think in RO, the way I look at it is everybody I meet because everybody has something that they're going to add to your life and your career. Um, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. I think you learn from everyone and I think everyone is influential to you in a certain way. And I always, in meeting new people, there's always something really good about them or something that I didn't know that I learned from them. So I would just say everybody is influential in RO um, that I come across, meet and work with. And so personally, um, I would say my wife, uh, first of all, uh, has been a big influence in me, uh, not in me, but <laughs> for me. Um, but another one was uh, a foster mom I had was Mary Lou Secor. She actually was a great uh, woman. Um, and there's just quite a story there, not enough time for that, but she got me introduced into sports, uh, at a very young age and, and sports is what kind of kept me out of trouble, which was a good thing. Cause I was, I was quite the kid, um, <laughs> getting in trouble all the time. Um, and I had a lot of coaches and other people, uh, along the way that, um, and I take the same kind of attitude towards everybody I meet, even outside of work, they have something that they can teach you or you're going to learn from them. And, and like I said, it's not always good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, some people, they're mean people. I don't want to be mean. So I learned from them on what not to do and it reinforces things like that. So, um, so that's kind of influential people and work or personal. Yeah. What were some of the sports you're into in particular? Anything that I was you... uh track, uh, was my okay. biggest sport. And then of course football, but, um, yeah, I played softball. I didn't play baseball. I played softball. Uh, and I did, you know, I played semi professionally softball, did a lot of tournaments and things like that all over Vegas and things like that. So oh, hold on. I didn't, <laughs> I caught drift to the comedian thing here and there throughout the, the years you've been here. Semi-professional, semi-professional in softball. Back when I was doing, it means you actually could you could actually make money in a tournament, and you actually could make some money, and that was it. It wasn't like you know major, but that was the big deal. You'd go and and be able to win tournaments, and there was tournaments you could win up to twenty five thousand dollars and things or, or more, and, and no, so just kidding. things like that. Yeah, it was huge. You uh, said this was out in Vegas. You were playing. In these well, tournaments? I played in I played in Vegas. I played in California mainly the whole time. Okay, but there were just tournaments you'd go to and. Yeah, it was just even in the Air Force, we'd we'd play in tournaments and things. But yeah, it was fun. And then I got slow and old. <laughs> you know, yeah. wise and um, yeah, I'm anything for slow. Uh, <laughs> wise and responsible, maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. Watching out for those ACLs know, now. Know your constraints and know when you yes. need to say it's time to quit. <laughs> That's that, that that does bring up a I think an interesting point that there's. I think there's probably a lot to be learned from being in engaged in sports. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it be working with the team, losing together, winning together. Yeah. Uh, do you think there are lessons that we could take from, you know, I think of like the RO kickball team. You think there's lessons we could take that are learned there and apply them into kind of the day-to-day -day life? Yeah, I think it's it's recognizing uh, your strengths first and then your weaknesses and then shoring up whatever your weaknesses are. And and 
that doesn't always mean removing the weakest link. That means investing in the weakest link to make it stronger. And it might not be the strongest link, but if you're doing everything you can to make that link stronger, it just improves everything around you. And so it, 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 that's the kind of an approach I've always taken. So, well, Based on everything that I've read, or you know, everything, a lot of things I've read, seems to be a, a well-reinforced uh, mm-hmm. approach to things. You know, it's, you, there's no sense in trying to take someone's weakest spots and make it their, their strongest. It's just not going to work. There's yep. probably some happening in nature, nurture, who knows, but cause them to have those strengths and those weaknesses. So yep. lean, lean into the good stuff. Find a way to leverage that to the best of your ability and, and build a functioning team around those strengths rather than trying yeah. to say, well, let's, let's figure out what your three worst attributes are and, and improve on those. You're- and I, I read something interesting um, in a book that said, you know, People hire you for your strengths. They don't hire you for your weaknesses. So we, there's, there's this uh, mentality that, so why do we focus so much on our weaknesses and not our strengths? If we're building the, the best of what we are and focusing truly 100% of our energy on that, then it, it's really where we want to be. We, we're trying to, because our weaknesses might not be our strong point. So why are we trying to make them our strong point? And so I know that's that's kind of deep, you know. I'm, I'm water's I, getting deep here, but I know, like I, it. I, I like it's like I know what my weaknesses are, and I know what my strengths are. So I'm going to use my strengths to my best ability, and someone else is going to be able to fill the gap because their my weaknesses will be their strengths. Uh, you already mentioned going in the deep end, so let's yeah. let's go all the way into Bart <laughs> Springs. There, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's this kind of innate approach with any human to to find those weaknesses and want to focus on those because it does seem that's the default whatever maybe if you're talking about cars people want to talk about why they're why that brand is bad or why that vehicle is bad if you talk about individuals people tend to highlight the inadequacies of that individual more than their strengths mm-hmm. there, there's got to be something going on there that just causes us to default to that more negative outlook i guess do you have any thoughts on why i think that it's is? The, i think it's the human condition human nature to be in some senses uh, I, I think it's something we just innately are born and we do. Um, and, and I think it, it takes effort to not do that and focus on that. And will you ever eradicate it? No, it, you're never going to be able to do that because you don't have, you can't control the human condition. Um, you can improve who you are and who's around you, but, but that's typically it. I just think it's something that has always been and, and I don't focus on it. I just try to focus on what what we can work on and the strengths and stuff. Yeah. Am I guilty of it? Yeah. I've done it in, you know, in the past and things, but you know, I try not to do that. As you get older, you learn quickly that, you know, it's, it's not worth the energy and effort. So. Hmm. That's, that's well put. And I think something to uh, definitely reflect on and yeah. in particular that, you know, just the, the, the fact that you, it's, you're never going to eradicate it. Like you said, it's yeah. something you're, you're going to have to deal with. So you're going to have to find ways to, to change your thinking or your approach or whatever to, to get off that off that bandwagon Correct. or train or Correct. whatever it is. Yeah. What do you like to do for fun there whenever you're not, you know, playing softball, semi-pro, yeah. and building <laughs> hospitals in Guatemala and doing a comedy routine with uh, Larry the Cable Guy? Uh, what, 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 what do you like to do for fun that's not those things? Well, I, I do like <laughs> to build things. Uh, I, I'm pretty handy. I've learned how to build things a lot over the year, and I ran I ran a company for a while in California uh, doing that kind of stuff. It was minor remodels and construction, 
Um, I like to do that. Uh, my wife and I love floating the river in the Guadalupe and, and hiking and camping. Um, movies and dining out, uh, hanging out with family and friends is a big part of that. And, and then, like I said, you know, I get together with my comedy buddies, um, you know, as much as we can. I've, unfortunately, we lost one last year to COVID. Um, oh, he was kind of the sorry. anchor of the team. But yeah, it was it, it hit home hard, but uh, we, we still have great memories and stories and we continue to build more. And, and, and he's just somebody who'll never be out of our, our memory and, and times together and stuff. So you said you, you started a company there. You like to build things? Yeah, I like to tinker. I mean, my wife has this a retirement plan for me already, and so she's uh, working on that. Uh, as far as making things out of cedar wood, she comes up with all these okay. ideas all the time. And I said, okay, we'll file that. I'll, when I get to retirement, yeah. I'll, I'll look at doing that and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I love to tinker with things as well. I've, I've always had that. I, I worked on a farm for years back in Iowa where I grew up. And so, I mean, that's one of the things I think that strengthened me as a superintendent was the fact that um, – I mean, by the end of the season and being a farmer, you're holding things together with duct tape and uh, uh, baling wire until you can, you know, the winter comes and you can actually work on things. So I was able to, to learn how to really fix problems on the fly uh, quickly. And I think that really rolls into being a superintendent because you're juggling so many balls at the same time and having to make decisions quickly. So... I don't know if we have a contest for most interesting man at RO yet, most interesting man or woman at RO yet, but I'm going to go ahead and put forth some sort of nomination for Rick Brown as most interesting person at RO. Oh, come on. Uh, farming in Iowa? Yeah. For fun? No, actually, uh, to make money. Um, you know, there was very <laughs> Is few. Is that why they do it? <laughs> I was uh, sparsely populated, so if you really want to make money, you, you you have to probably do something on the farm. And so we would walk beans, bale hay, detassel corn, um, take care of the livestock, uh, all kinds of stuff, you know, clean out the barns. There was a lot of things that we did. Um, and so that's how I would make money um, a lot of the time, so I could buy the things I needed to buy, um, you know, because I didn't really have an allowance, so I had to go make it, you know, paper yeah. out, things of that sort. Gosh, yeah. Well, to your yeah. point, there is some yeah being out on the the farm literally especially out in Iowa um i think today it's still a, a relatively low population and yep. foreign state um you got to be able to fix you can't you can't get on amazon and get a new combine delivered 2 days after the one you have out there breaks no and uh, you know and that that the corn that wheat the cotton or whatever isn't going to wait for you either to get harvested. It's it's going to go bad on the vine, or you're going to get it to market when you need to. Uh, so yeah, there's a certain level of ingenuity and yeah. ability to to repair things and think creatively and you know work with what you got uh, that I think is is again highly admirable of of the folks out there doing that. And I'm yeah. starting to build a really good mental model of Rick Brown here. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, farmer, Air Force superintendent, comedian, softball player. Uh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it's been a fun life, and it'll be a great <laughs> life, you know, when it's all over. But yeah, f farming taught me a lot um, because you're dependent on the weather, and that's something that you have no control over. So, you know, you're sweating it when your crops are drying up, and and you hadn't had rain, and and then you know all of a sudden the la final minute, all of a sudden God just blankets you with rain and your crops are going to survive and things of that sort. So there's no guarantees. And what people, I always tell people, I said, you know, before we even put a, a crop in the ground, uh, farmers have spent um, tens of thousands of dollars just to start. 
and they haven't even got anything in the ground yet for herbicides, pesticides, fuel, things of that sort. So it's a very expensive um, type industry. And also it's one of the most deadliest industries as far as injuries and, and, and deaths as well. And, and just like in, in construction, it's a very dangerous job. And uh, so we always had to be careful of what we were doing around the machinery and things of that sort. So, yeah, it, there was a lot of parallels from farming to uh, being a superintendent in construction as well. And what was it like t- timber farming construction? I think those are usually the top three yeah. for OSHA uh, yeah. instance and all that. You ever miss it? Being in Iowa and farming and all that? Uh, yeah, actually, when I go back on visits and stuff, I'm usually trying to find a way to get out in the field, drive a tractor, <laughs> uh, do something like that, or drive a truck to the to the grain ban- uh, grain silos and stuff like that. I always, I always like to get involved. I don't want to walk beans or do anything like that anymore, but they, <laughs> they don't need to do that anymore. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, vaccinating and doing things with the cows and the, the piglets and things like that, I mean, you know, I'll jump in and do that. That's one thing that, that I guess I learned is I'm not afraid to work at all and work hard. So. And you just mentioned vaccinations. That made me think of, um, who is that? Luis Pascal that, uh, with smallpox and mm-hmm. he realized that the uh, the people milking the cows weren't getting smallpox and yeah. went and sliced open cysts on the, the, the cows that had cowpox and injected mm-hmm. into his own family mm-hmm. uh, to see what, what's going to happen here and realized, oh, they don't, or they, they, they get a very minor case of smallpox yeah. versus the, the highly lethal one. And uh, I, I feel like the, the modern interpretation of a farmer isn't one of a, a, a pharmaceutical genius, mm-hmm. but I, it's, it's not, they're not, it's just, they aren't, uh, I don't think people are pe- people know fewer farmers now as we've shifted yeah. away from that kind of agrarian society into a more urban one. Uh, I don't know that we fully appreciate them as much as we probably should for for their genius, past, present, and, and future. Yeah, uh, you're so right. I, I, I don't know. Just just hearing that from you made me think of yeah. I'll, when you're in those environments, you start connecting a lot of dots. Yeah, and it's like, wait a minute, you're exposed to a lot of things that you wouldn't elsewise be if you're a you know a Coast. City boy, <laughs> I was gonna say coastal. Okay. City boy sounds a lot yeah. more. Yeah, city, you know. inner city boy, uh, yeah. right? Goes yeah. off to uh, or girl. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of or, girls out there. Or whatever. Who were real tough on the farm. I mean, they would they'd beat the boys up. Um, so, but uh, yeah, but then we'd be beating them up during the week and dancing on the weekend. So it was yeah. kind of a real nice. Sounds like personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if you had a hundred million dollars, there's no caveats here. It's yeah. not a trick question. The yeah. you know, mob isn't coming after you for not paying it back or anything like that. Do you have to pay taxes on it? Let's say okay. no. Okay, good. It's already been taxes yeah. have already been paid. Because I was recalculating is... down to seven million <laughs> or seventy million. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> what what would you do with that hundred million dollars there, Mr. Brown? Well, that's real, real easy. The first thing I do is donate um, a large part of that to my church. Uh, in fact, my church right now that I attend is getting ready to build a new building, um, and so I would do that. Secondly, I would, I would, I would try to create a better and new life for my mom and my sister who've had a very rough time in life, and just try to end of life for my mother to be more comfortable and just and more enjoyable than what it is currently. And the same thing with my sister. Um, that, and then just, I probably at that point, what I would use the rest of the money for is to pay people to finish my new home that I built while I'm sitting back (laughs) drinking a bourbon, 
um, in my yard. Uh, that's probably what I would do instead of doing it all myself. With some green M&Ms in a bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The green M&Ms too. So, you know, but you got to be inside because they'll melt. Um, it's, and you just get chocolate syrup and they'll peanuts. Melt. Have get. I been lied to my whole life? I thought they were the one that... Uh, Have you been outside at 105 degrees with a bowl of M&Ms? It doesn't look pretty. It's you know. not pretty. No. Uh, I can't say that I have. Okay. <laughs> but outside, and yeah. I think how I feel, I'm like, yeah, it's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Man, so, so yeah, t- taking care of family, taking care of the church, and yep. then uh, giving yourself some free time, some some time yep. to relax. Yeah. I- I'm going to challenge you on that. I don't think you could do that. I am one that can sit down and watch a movie like any guy for three or four hours. <laughs> yeah. And just go blank. Um, so yeah, I can, I can completely unwind and detach. And that's one thing I've learned over the years that I didn't, as a young superintendent, I couldn't detach. In fact, an interesting story was my wife and I were going on an anniversary trip to Alaska. I was on a huge, massive project overseeing a team and we got back from the trip and she goes, Oh, now you've relaxed. (laughs) So after I was uptight the entire trip. Um, just trying to unwind. And so I, I think the key is is just not to take it so personally and, and learning to when you walk out that door and you're driving home to just leave it. Yeah. I, you know, maybe three, four hours you'd sit there and be able to watch, watch Sometimes people. I have to. And then I, yeah. I think you'd, yeah. you'd see someone and there'd, there'd be a, a finish nail up in your trim sticking yeah. out an eighth inch. Here you go. Yeah. Let's get that in Well, there's there. a many a night my, uh, my wife, I've gotten up at two in the morning and gone into work because I can't sleep. Um, just because I couldn't sleep and the job was in and just rolling through my head. And, and I've learned that that's just not healthy to do. And, and you gotta, you gotta shut it down. So I've learned some techniques to do that. What are some, some of those techniques, tools, tips you could provide to those out there that are living that right now? that wake up in the middle of the night and they, you know, cold sweat because they're worried about a pour coming up or did that submittal get done or is that contract all proper and good to go? Probably the easiest thing to say is, is if you weren't there tomorrow, would it get done? Uh, second thing is, is, is I learned this is, uh, and I've never done this, but it was a cool thing is come home and, and, and there's, there's a tree as I go down my sidewalk and you just touch the leaves and let say the leaves are taking my stress from me. Um, and just leaving it there and just realizing that, you know, you're, you're going home to your family. They're there. They're your next, they're your next box in your head that you have to deal with, um, and, and want to be with and stuff like that. And those are, those are a couple of things. And then another one I use is the eraser board, put it all on the board and start to erase it in your mind, a blackboard. And, and it really does work and help me to unwind and realize, you know, I don't need to worry about the stuff right now. Excellent tips. That's, uh, yeah, that, you know, I think there's a level two of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks, my, myself included, I'm usually rather hesitant to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing so well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> need, need a change of pace or whatever the issue is. Uh, there's, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with that. I think we've matured as a species and as, yeah. and as an industry enough to realize that that mental health is really as important as the physical health. Uh, so if you are out there and you're you're feeling yeah. burned out, overtaxed, stressed, and all that, there's some of that's inescapable, right? That that comes yeah. with the, the territory of this job. It's not an unstressful environment, but if it gets to the point where it's impacting your day to day life and uh, in a negative way, and you're, you're losing sleep or not eating or any of those types of things, you, you know, there's there's people out there to help you out. Reach out to the the people services group. Reach out to your superintendent, PM. 
myself, Rick, whatever, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of people here that care and we'll do what they can to help you out. Exactly. And I think the key thing is, is if, if you don't want to shut it down, your body will shut it down for you. Uh, if you get to that point and that's in a lot of different ways it can do that. I, it did happen to me in my career, um, where it, my body said enough's enough and it shut down. And so it took me a while to get back from that, but I always am willing to, to tell people that and very openly about, you know, you've got to, you've got to really think about this. And I think the key thing that we're learning in industry too, that RO has done very well is we need to be more aware of our employees and people around us and, and, and paying attention to them and seeing if there's changes, things that don't look right. I had a, an example of a job I was on where we had a, a senior PM. He just, he was crashing and he, his appearance was changing. Everything was just, he wasn't the right guy, right? Same guy. And unfortunately, he took his life, um, and it was very unfortunate. But all the signs were there, and I think that's part of we have to step back sometimes and realize the job's not that important. It's the people we're with doing the job that's probably the most important thing, and we we should be more aware of of them and what's going on, and and be willing to step in and just say, hey, you know, something wrong? What's going on? So yeah, yeah, that uh, that helping hand. Just saying yep. to someone, hey, I'm I'm here for you can yeah. can be a, a, the 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 difference in the decisions they make and isn't to be underappreciated. Yeah, you just never know. Uh, yeah, tough one. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, a couple minutes left. We're good. Uh, <laughs> try to pull back from that yeah. one. Yeah, uh, has been a wild ride of a show here with all well no i get an extra five minutes because of the power down yeah right? so what's well, up with that it's in my contract we, read it <laughs> <laughs> oh what, what contract yeah. <laughs> that was an email that's barely a contract um it's got your name on it yeah that's oh boy uh, now i'm now i'm in trouble gosh now this is world's most i'm trying to read what i wrote down i have no idea what that says um but that, that's that's all right. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around the 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 softball thing. Like you just able to in the Air Force be like, hey, I'm gonna go play softball for a week. Well, no, I I played on an Air Force team. We go out and do tournaments and stuff. I didn't oh, okay. I didn't leave the Air Force. But gotcha. I, yeah, and and then it rolled out when I got out. I did the same thing too as well. But um, yeah, and and like I said, I just you know I, I was I was. As they would say, I was a pretty fast white boy in my day. So um, I, I had some wheels, and they used to call me Wheels. And, and yeah. my nickname in high school was Rocket Rick. Rocket Rick. We were the Rockets. So okay, yeah. Well, yep. This uh, this is making sense with the track and all yeah. that now. Yeah. Yep, and uh, you know, yeah, playing playing softball, get hitting yep. those bases real quick. Yeah, man, that's. Uh, if, if if you could go back and and live life all over again, what what would you want to change? Um, there's not a lot because my life is was important to make me who I am today. So wanting to go back and change things doesn't always make sense uh, because you would be a different person um, completely. But I think the biggest thing is not to take things so seriously um, and not to listen to the world of who they think you should be, but find out who you really are and just make that a strong person. And, and I think that's the key. And, but as far as it's, it's, it's why I'm strong. It's why I have the, um, 
personality I have. It's, it's, it's just why a lot of things are the way Rick is, is because that's what I lived. I mean, I, I, I did have a rough life, a very rough life. And, uh, that's a whole nother show, but, um, but it's made me a really better person for all that. And so taking all that back just wouldn't make sense at this point. I don't know who I'd be. Mm. So it does. It seems that those, uh, those, those hardships and those difficulties and the challenges in life are, are the ones that really sculpt you into the person that you are. Correct. It's not the, you know, easy going college years or fun loving high school years or anything like that. It's those, not to say those t- periods of time can't be uh, challenging or tragic or anything like that, but it's, it's whenever those may occur, those are really yeah. what seem to, to sculpt us as people. Correct. I think we've got time for, for one more question okay. here, Mr. Brown. Uh, what, what do you love about RO? Uh, what I love about RO is is the professionalism and the people are just willing to just dive in and help. I mean, they whoever you meet, it's just like, yeah, what do you need? Can I help you? That's a that's huge. And I think it's, it still has the family atmosphere, um, which is important because we are a family. Um, we truly are. And I just think the fact that RO is really concerned and wants you to grow and wants you to be successful. Um, and even when you're, you might be having hard times, they're stepping in right away to go, how can we help you? It, it's not like, okay, you know, you got problems, you need to go deal with that. And, you know, because you're, you're affecting us and it's not that it's, it's, it's saying, no, what do you need? We're coming up beside you to, to help you out if you need it. And I think a lot of that happened during COVID and other situations I've, since I've been here almost four years, uh, seen, and it's just been phenomenal. So. Awesome. I'm happy a lot with the professionalism. Yeah. I was, I, everyone loves the, the, starts with the people. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. yeah. What else though? <laughs> what else? What else? Uh, well, all the perks. I love the free stuff yeah. at the store. Yeah. Wait a minute. It's not free. <laughs> what am I saying? Okay. <laughs> we'll make sure the uh, people services and marketing team get that. Yeah. Exactly. Get that just, quote. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, hey, at least you've got some place where you can go get stuff, though, right? Go get yeah, yourself a exactly. nice uh, RO pullover. Oh, or, I like uh, it. Yeah, you know, some some some. Uh, I don't know whatever's out there. Hats, water bottles, uh, probably anything you can imagine. I bet you yep. could probably get a RO branded PlayStation Four if you look for one hard enough. Yeah, or five or whatever the numbers are. I don't know. I'm looking for the RO joke book, and I haven't found it the yet. The RO so. joke book. So. You just yeah. made somebody's day. I think. You're well, I'll tell you what, guys, I'm here for you um, <laughs> all day. I think between you and Mr. Porter, we could yeah. really assemble yeah. something that's a, a, a powerful means of communication. You know, he plagiarizes me, right? <laughs> okay. Just, <laughs> I don't know if that's working to your oh, favor right now. <laughs> okay. All right. I better stop. I'm going to get on a roll here. <sighs> oh, that's right. too funny, man. Right. We should. We, we'll have to do uh, something in the future with you and uh, Mr. Porter, and just. Yeah, we just let you two go we, we go on for happen. a minute there. Yeah, can make that happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna remember that one down. Okay. Uh, thank you to everyone for for jumping on board today. I'm sorry, I know we had some uh, technical difficulties there, but you know, we're believe it or not, this isn't a live TV broadcast production studio team here. These are a bunch of uh, adventurous R and D ops and uh, VDC folks. So. Again, I, I apologize, but we're, we're, we're getting better every time. Uh, next week, we'll have Colby Gagliano on. So we've got a Austin VDC fella coming on board. And, uh, you know, he's got quite the story to tell from being a, 
an intern and his course of study and then going into uh, ops and spending some time there before coming back to VDC. It'll be a lot of fun to hear what his journey has been like. Uh, I'm going to leave out what the, uh, you know, I'm sorry. It was, um, you, you had a safety acronym there. Uh, oh, ass acute yes. safety syndrome, acute safety syndrome. Yeah. Uh, go, go look for that. <laughs> uh, on, I have on the YouTube. DVD, so that's that's perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll we can burn a copy out for everybody. <laughs> uh, and, you know, make sure you, you, if you're out there and you're a leader, even if you're not a, a, a leader or manager in title, uh, make sure you're not leading over. Lead lead manage from below, not above. Uh, yeah. Think about that servant leadership and ways you can improve yourself and others, and uh, let the leaves take the stress away. That's right. That's it's all good. You can relax. You can enjoy life. You don't need to fret every little thing. Uh, f- find a way to enjoy life, and happiness and fulfillment will come to you. All right. Thanks Thank- for having me, RO Nation. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. We'll you see bet. you later. Bye.